Joe, side stitches are back. Yeah, we uh we took an accidental break from these, didn't we? <laughs> I mean, it was only a week long, but yeah, we yeah. we had such a damn fun time with Batman. We probably could have spent even longer, um, but we mm-hmm. we chose to cut ourselves off at two episodes. Probably, yeah. We uh, if we weren't careful, we could have ended up with like a legitimate Batman week, where it's like, okay, so here's the deal: we have like four episodes worth of Batman, and we will just play them four different times of the week. Uh, mm-hmm. But thankfully, we held back, yeah, <laughs> and we have, left it we, to just two. We have four three-hour episodes ready to go. The the <laughs> ultimate the ultimate uh, <laughs> Snyder you know digital dissection cut you know. <laughs> um. But hey, you know, uh, one thing I did want to mention, because we keep saying, hey, folks, use the comment section. It's there. It exists. Yeah. Review us. Folks aren't doing it yet, you know, and I, I get it. You know, you put your name out there. It's scary. Mm-hmm. But guess what? We are going to recognize our top fan since day one. Yep, that's his right. Is, uh, yeah, his name is Roy Sutcliffe. Roy, we appreciate you liking our posts. We appreciate you, you know, commenting, giving us ideas. And we want to see, you know, more Roy's out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, so, I, yeah, yeah. We're asking you all to find your inner Roy, to harness him, become him, comment, like, subscribe, do yeah. the Roy way, and maybe, maybe Roy will achieve Lee status, like Tenacious D, and he may just yes. get a song about him. It won't be, it won't be like Lee level because we'll be writing it, and we don't. That's not in our wheelhouse, to my knowledge, but. We'll do it. That's it's either a threat, a promise, or a reward. I'm not sure which one. <laughs> I'm pretty sure at this point Roy can float. He doesn't even have to walk anymore. That's the level of fandom that he's achieved with this podcast in the last five weeks. Yeah, so, like to yeah. us, Roy's basically walking on water, and we're really happy we have him. Yeah. Actually, you know what? Usually when whenever we release an episode, we're like, Yeah, you know what? Three people are probably gonna watch or listen mm-hmm. to this this week. But you know what? The first person to typically like it is Roy. Mm-hmm. So and for Folks, that, yeah, we be thank like you. Roy. <laughs> yes. Roy, we thank you. And mm-hmm. uh, to dive into this side stitch, since we took a week break, just in case those of you are still pining for these little side topics that we like to do, um, you know, this week we're going to actually talk a little bit about Supernatural. So if you actually listen until the end of these shows, we do tell you what's going to come up the next week. Mm-hmm. And Supernatural obviously had 15 seasons of content. There's a lot of stuff there we just couldn't cover. And one of the simplistic things we wanted to do was dive a little bit into the monsters of Supernatural. Um, so once again, there's a ton of monsters on this show. Yeah, um, <laughs> there really are. And I mean, they're, they, they, sometimes they just they dig so deep for monsters. Like they went to places where you didn't think they would even go. Like they do such a good job of going with like usually like established lore for monsters. And eventually mm-hmm. like they just hit things that you didn't think would really match with those. Like I remember they did a dragon episode. It's like, well, yeah. how do you how do you do dragons on Supernatural? And they they managed to pull it off in a particular way. They even had a phoenix on Supernatural, um, which I think we talked about uh, in in the main episode this week. But yeah, about of fifteen seasons, there was just like I mean, it was beyond a rogues gallery worth of monsters for us to choose from. Oh geez, it was like a yeah. I mean, if there's a, a term that's bigger than a gallery, you know, I mean, I, I think that's really what we should call it because. Mm-hmm. Maybe a revolving door of monsters. I don't. I don't it. know. A cavalcade, and, maybe. Yeah, an IKEA warehouse of monsters. Not a sponsor. Not a sponsor of this podcast, IKEA. <laughs> um. 
Well, I think what they did really well here in, in the beginning, the first episode ties into one of the most popular global phenomena when it comes to mm -hmm. um, like ghosts and the cryptozoology world. And that would be the lady in right or in right lady <laughs> in white, um, mm. otherwise known as La Yorona, aka Ghastly Lady in White, aka Backroad Specter, aka the Howling Woman, or wow. aka the Ghost Karen. And this is who the first episode would talk about. <laughs> but I have a feeling that's not an official one, but but true, still just true. Because, just because I said it, I think I think we're gonna go with it, right? I think so. And uh, if someone wants to complain about it, we will make sure to get that message directly to our producer. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm actually motioning to, to her right now, our producer mm -hmm. that, that doesn't exist. Uh, she is actually going to check the emails for people's comments right now on that, the comments that they're not filling out. Mm -hmm. Yep, bringing back all the jokes we haven't used in a few weeks tonight. Pretty great. <laughs> well, I thought the woman in white was a really good way to kick off this series because, mm -hmm. you know, the, the lady in white, uh, I mean, it, once again, global phenomena, almost every culture has some kind of lady in white, um, you know, lore of mm -hmm. some kind, um, whether that's the standard, which is a, you know, a wife whose husband cheats on her and as an act of revenge, she drowns her children, which is also what the show ends up doing here. Um, and then by the time she realizes that, you know, what have I done? She's, you know, screaming, saying my babies, I've killed my babies. And that's where that howling, the howling woman or the screeching woman comes from. Yeah, right? like, very. Like that, is, yeah, is it like is there like root in like uh, is that Medea, Greek mythology where that happens? I, well, I mean, this mm -hmm. is this is prevalent. Like, there's a mm -hmm. story yeah, it's like it's, it's every, global. Yeah, every, yeah, mm -hmm. every major culture, like over you know thousands of years. I mean, um, the most like recent and popular takes on this would be um, I mentioned you know La Llorona, which is the. Mm -hmm like Latin America, um, you know, Hispanic view of it, um, which is, you know, in, in some ways it's a, it's a, like a, a specter that's basically like in the water, you know, and, and uh, it's used as like a cautionary tale for children. Like, you know, be careful uh, in the water because she can, she can pull you down kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and that's not specific to Latin America by any means. That's just no, one no, no. You know, that, popular interpretation. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, they, they used it to similar effect in supernatural where it's, it's the traditional sense of a woman scorned who, um, yeah, unfortunately drowns her kids in the bathtub. And I mean, it, it's, I, I think it just made a lot of sense to kick off the series with that specific instance. Um, but you know, one of the interesting things I found about the lady in white was the fact that in 1859, it would actually be tied into Charles Dickens. Um, if you remember oh, our, really? our popular, mm -hmm. yeah, our, our popular uh, author in years past. So mm -hmm. he actually ran a serialized journal. So for those who have listened to the last few episodes, we've talked about serials before, you know, which are these uh, in this, this case, it wasn't TV, obviously this is a, a printed thing. Um, but you end up having, you know, a series of stories that are collected and presented to you over time. And so um, this journal was called all the year round. And it would end up featuring uh, a novel by, uh, I believe the name was, I think it's like Wilby Collins uh, or Wilkie Collins, I think. Um, either way, the story was called The Woman in White. And it actually kind of ushered in this like modern age of, well, I think they called it uh, sensational fiction. So this is the kind of stuff that would 
um, talk about murder and, you know, melodrama Ooh. and, and crimes, you know, like, like the fictional true crimes of the 1800s. Oh yes. Um, like the, the penny dreadfuls before the penny dreadfuls. You're totally dead on. That's exactly what we're talking here. Um, and so in a lot of ways, this was people recognizing that even though this is the modern age, we're still just as uncivilized as our animalistic brethren. Ooh. So, Ooh. um, so this would actually pop up in, uh, in that serial and it would end up kind of being like our first, I don't know if you want to call it like the first literary exploration mm -hmm. of this, but I just always thought that was cool that no matter where you go, there's a, there's a lady in white story kind of poking around. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's really true with a lot of like monster lore and crypto lore through the planet. Uh, it's, it's interesting where like they will have a lot of similarities and a lot of like sign like reasoning behind like the the creatures or the spirits being there but then they'll always have a local twist to them um and mm -hmm. that's where like to me like where werewolves come in very very well um Ooh. yeah another another supernatural favorite with werewolves and they are known for basically like their their brutal killing of whatever it is that they're doing vampires are like kind of like the civilized version of the monster not going to say civilized version but more civilized monster where there's like you know they drink your blood you become a vampire everything's great you sparkle and you live forever um but werewolves like they tear you to shreds um specifically in supernatural they they go for the heart and this is just kind of like i tried looking it up and looking at this and this is pretty much just a supernatural thing and i think it was an inexpensive way just to comment on the savagery that werewolves usually have associated with them because like traditionally like there's always something like very very savage with when it comes to wolves and i think that's when you look at like europe uh for that reasoning is because like they pick off like the weak they pick off the injured they always work together and yeah. they just tear the thing apart as as while it's still alive and werewolf stories like for wolves specifically, like they go back all the way to like the uh, the Epic of Gilgamesh, um, where you have uh, Gilgamesh actually turns away a woman because he finds out that she had gotten very mad at her previous lover uh, because I think he cheated on her. So he turned him into a wolf and sent him out into the wild. Otherwise, oh um, this also happened in Greek mythology, where it was the uh, I think it's Lycan is the name of the, the character yeah. uh, yep. where he served a meal to zeus that turned out was a sacrificed boy and that made zeus oh. just furious like no my sacrifices are always women whether alive <laughs> or dead don't bring me don't bring me dudes so he turns <laughs> lycan and his and his boys into wolves and sends them away um that reminds me of like the <laughs> the, the coffee crystals commercial mm -hmm. back in the day like the person you know they snl parodied this where chris Riley <laughs> oh, finds yeah. out he's got the mm -hmm. coffee crystals in his cup and he's like what what <laughs> and he just he just goes nuts and starts like beating up everyone in the restaurant <laughs> i yeah. mean that's the, that's the visual i just mm -hmm. had when you talked about zeus like he just is flipping out <laughs> and like, what but yeah this is boy yeah. what is wrong with you <laughs> i did not want boy for my dinner no, tonight thank you never uh and so we 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 go from that like if we jump further ahead to like the uh to the 16th century um uh, yeah we'll go to the 16th century and we'll take a step back uh, there are actually three french like serial killers who claimed to be able to turn into wolves and that also just kind of adds to the savagery behind the legend 
uh, two of them, uh, Pierre Bourgeau and Michael Ver Verda, I believe his last name is pr pronounced. Um, mm -hmm. They uh, supposedly sold their souls to Satan for the ability to turn to wolves. And that's why they said they had brutally killed, uh, I, think a, I think a couple people uh, or, or a small family. And then there's also um, uh, Giles Garnier, uh, who is in the 16th century as well. Uh, just again, brutally murdered someone and he just claimed he could turn to a wolf uh, for it. There was a moment there, Joe, where mm -hmm. I thought you were going to say that the, the other two were still alive somehow. Yeah, they're still out there, still in oh. France. No. Still killing folks. If you no, if you've got no. uh, a body with bite marks on it and it's been ripped to shreds, <laughs> it could be time yeah. traveling uh, werewolves. Yeah, it's Pierre and Michael still out there <laughs> doing their thing. Um, uh, other than that, another noticeable one uh, was the Bedberg Wolf of Germany. Uh, this was Peter Stubble or Stubel, Stuby, Stube. I'm not Stuble. really good. Stuble. I'm going with Stuble. It's not German, but it's going to be for tonight. Uh, but basically he, this man just gets blamed for killing like farm animals, men, women, children, like several, several people. And he ends up confessing under torture that he did it and that he turned into a wolf because of a magic belt. And of course the belt's never found. And this man is basically just more or less the victim of a witch hunt, uh, or in his case, you know, it's a wolf hunt, but, um, huh. More popularly, uh, here in our home state of, well, my home state of Wisconsin, your, your current home of Wisconsin. Uh, I was born but not raised in there Wisconsin, so mm -hmm. I still consider this my home. I pay taxes here. Yeah, that, that counts for more than, more than enough. Yeah. Um, but here we actually have probably the most famous North American werewolf, and that is the Beast of Bray Road, oh, also yeah. known as the Bluff Monster, a.k.a. Eddie. Um, yeah. Yeah, commonly well, thought of as a werewolf, but not not the only thing it's gone by. Well, Joe, you, I was happy you brought this mm -hmm. up because this region, uh, all the way up to Quebec and down to Louisiana, mm -hmm. has an obsession with werewolf lore, okay? So you might remember in Supernatural, there's a creature called the Rougarou. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so after a certain point in time, usually around 30 years old, a person who is a Rougarou will basically begin to metamorph into what is this beastly werewolf style creature. Mm -hmm. So the Rougarou has been, you know, pretty much a story that uh, French settlers have been telling for hundreds of years. So like I mentioned specifically up in Quebec uh, and down to Quebec. French Louisiana. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and down to French Louisiana. So we're talking about several hundred years uh, of conversations about, you know, the, the, the Rougarou, AKA mm -hmm. the loop guru, the Rougarou, AKA werewolf, AKA ill-tempered, hairy individual. Um, so yeah, yeah, dude, the, the, mm -hmm. the Rougarou slash werewolf. I mean, we just love it here in the central. Yeah. It's our thing. Time. And then even like the beast of Bray road, like it gets confused with other legends like skinwalkers who are also in supernatural, um, which again, that's another First Nations um, belief of these people who could shapeshift into animals like wolves or really anything else they wanted to. Um, but our our home state crypto hero has also been confused for a Wendigo, another um, supernatural monster, and mm -hmm. the good old fashioned Bigfoot uh, has been has been he's been accused of being. But 
Uh, if you're unfamiliar with the Beastie Road, is in Elkhorn, Wisconsin, actually very close to where we went to college in Whitewater. Yeah. And actually, with my uh, my room, my first roommates they had in Whitewater, he had a '66 Impala. It was red, not black. It was <laughs> nice. It was close, but we literally had a supernatural night where he he had left Whitewater already, and he drove to Whitewater's Impala, and we literally went and got cheeseburgers at like <laughs> two in the morning from McDonald's. Drove his Impala to Elkhorn and drove on Bray Road, uh, looking to see if we could see anything out there. And of course, it's there's nothing there except the people who live there. Um, but I mean, stories for the Beast of Bray Road go back all the way to the state's founding, like in the 1840s, of the yeah. things that would just like harass people and then leave. Um, it's never it, like really been accounted to killing yeah. anyone though, or even really attacking anyone. Well, maybe that's it, Joe. Maybe the people that it did kill. You know, no one knew about because it's killed so many people that yeah. there are no, there are no, like, there's no witnesses. Yeah. Dead men tell no tales. Yeah. It, it's so not also like, a pirate. <laughs> and it's not killing for sport. It's killing to survive, you know? No, Feasting. it's no Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> well, you know what, Joe, the obsession or the, I guess the cultural relevance of the werewolf mm-hmm. in this area or a pseudo werewolf, whatever you want to call it, the prevalence of this kind of hit a fever pitch down in new orleans uh in recent memory when the hornets the nba you know franchise the hornets moved into town oh yes they almost became the new orleans rougarou oh no way that'd been fun dude i would back that 100 yeah <laughs> i would have mm-hmm. became an nba fan overnight like <laughs> i would dress up as a werewolf you betcha <laughs> let's do it mm-hmm. like just have a whole like crowd of werewolves that they've got their their shirts off. They've got werewolves spelt out over like, like, you know, eight dudes or, yeah. I mean, did I get that right? Is it eight word, eight letters? Oh my God. I think it is. Dude. I am so good just by and, guessing. And um, imagine the intimidation factor of trying to th- uh, do a free throw <laughs> and you've got people howling at you. Oh, oh that would have been so good. Well, it's not, <laughs> it's just not the, it's just not the same when people are going like, bzzz. it's like, yep, no, I can, no. I'm almost, I'm relaxed. I'm relaxed hearing it, the, the, the buzz sounds. Is my you know? phone going off? I can check it later. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, dude. I I totally love this idea of the the werewolf slash Ruguru mm-hmm. because they do they do split this up in supernatural. They're they're different things. They do. You know? mm-hmm. Um the whole idea though of these, you know, these these folks who have the ability to transform into other creatures, usually it's uh it's not a voluntary thing. No, no, not a, yeah. no, you get attacked by it. And, and again, globally, like you have were animals across the globe and depending on where you are, your were animal basically functions the same as the wolf where it's just kind of a brutal killer. And people usually see it as like, it kills um, like the innocent or like the helpless. And so you get like, where uh i think where jaguars in africa i think uh different asian countries have other cat-based were animals um typically were tigers or other were were cats but yeah so it's across the globe it's wherever wherever you have things that are seen as weak or helpless getting killed by other animals that brutality is just someone can become that in in the event of a brutal murder see if i were ever one of these supernatural creatures the mm-hmm. were cat would probably be my my spirit animal um except i wouldn't be like a you know like a vicious killer i'd be mm-hmm. like you know i'd be called chungus and i'd just be a really <laughs> fat cat <laughs> 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 
yeah that's, uh, that's the hunting grounds of the chungus there's yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of discarded candy bar wrappers in that area mm-hmm. want to stay away <laughs> uh and then out there somewhere is like the equivalent of I'm, I'm guessing that that cartoon cat from the old like janet jackson videos is just another wear animal it's not was never really a cartoon it's just out there somewhere <laughs> dancing to this day i'm not upset about that if that were the case Mm-mm. he has a really cool name i've forgotten it and i feel really bad about it dude those brain cells are fried man gone yeah mm-hmm. the, the 80s were rough for joe and i both because we were <laughs> four-year-olds yep. and uh not drug Don't, users do not recall a whole lot <laughs> from that first four years you know what i do recall uh, quite a bit of joe is What's the that? the religious significance of certain things in, in supernatural Ooh. you know in mm-hmm. the upcoming episode we're going to talk about angels and demons a little bit mm-hmm. but one of the things i wanted to focus on specifically and we do talk a little bit about this is the concept of the leviathan oh yes mm-hmm. yeah because this this thing has once again cultural relevance we're talking mm-hmm. thousands of years um, but the Leviathan, since we've been kind of talking about all the different names you might know us by, uh, it's also known as the sea serpent, AKA the water dragon, AKA the sea monster and AKA darkness, but with teeth. And so it's a, uh, a rather see, interesting one. You see, I always knew him as Dick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. please. Dick. Roman. Dick. <laughs> yeah like, like the head the head leviathan in supernatural's mm-hmm. name is dick roman and he's like this political candidate uh ceo of this uh mm-hmm. you know this like food distribution company that helps enslave yeah. you know uh all of the, the folks mm-hmm. in the world very similar to the movie the stuff if you've never seen the the stuff that's what that that yep. whole series very, is kind of based on very adamant about his name being dick as well he'll be like they'll be interviewing like, so mr roman he'll be like please dick yeah please <laughs> Tell me, Dick. Yeah, yeah, dude. I, I, I thought the Leviathan um, storyline was, it, it was. I thought the the origins of it were great because, mm-hmm. once again, we've got thousands of years of Leviathan interpretations. Whether it's from the Hebrew peoples, uh, the Mesopotamians, Christianity, uh, there's East Asian cultures as well. I mean, pretty much anybody who lives near a body of water has some kind of Leviathan you know, myth or, or storytelling yeah. behind it. Yeah. Just that inherent yeah. fear of the deep has like, just been really like, you just grasp people who live near the water and then you just get something in there. You don't know it's there. You know, it's there. You don't see it, but you know, it's there and it's terrifying. Joe, Joe it's just like wiping after fajitas night. You don't know what you're going to see. <laughs> oh God. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's what the deep waters are, man. Oh. We, have, we have no idea what's down there after a certain point, you know? I mean, <laughs> not not the analogy I was expecting. Um, <laughs> not going so, to lie, yeah. But sorry, folks. But I'm glad we went there because <laughs> someone had to. Well, but there there are many uh, you know movies and in, in like like popular properties that have gone into what could potentially lie beneath like the Marianas Trench, mm-hmm. you know, um, and and so there's a lot of of uh, folks who have thought about how to scare themselves with the depths of the ocean. Um, so this isn't like something that we just kind of came up with. Like, I think we've just always been terrified about, you know, about what's in the darkness, you know, Cthulhu, yeah. that kind of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, in, in Christianity, though, I mean, they talk about Leviathan and Psalms, Isaiah, Job, like all of these books are. Yeah, does it, are, does it are come up in Exodus as well, too? Because they talk yeah. about it, like feasting on um, Behemoth and Goliathan. Goliathan, <laughs> Behemoth <laughs> and Leviathan. Goliathan. Look at well, me oh, mixing things together. 
hey, you're smashing words. It's like smuddle, you know, if you're if, if, for, <laughs> uh, for, the, for those long term uh, listeners of this mm-hmm. show, you know, you're yeah, Roy's out there. <laughs> yeah, you remember for, smuddle. <laughs> Roy's sitting in his recliner, you know, like me swirling the chocolate milk in a wine glass and he's going, ah, smuddle. <laughs> mm-hmm. And now we've entered the part of the episode where Roy, just like Lee, has become afraid of Tenacious T because they now follow him too much. Sorry, Roy. We're big fans. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, to get back on topic, you know, what you actually mentioned is uh, kind of an interesting um, background of Leviathan because you've mentioned Leviathan and Behemoth. Okay. Mm-hmm. So these are both, uh, you know, like religious constructs that we've seen in this area of the world. So think Middle East. And what I think people are really trying to uh, like talk about in terms of parallels here would be the crocodile of the Nile River and the hippopotamus. Because these are the two ideas where you kind of have very similar traits. So mm-hmm. Leviathan, crocodile, behemoth, hippopotamus. So they're they're prevalent in the area, and they're prevalent within the religions that are also coming out of this area. Yep. And and hippopotamus, terrifying, by the yes. way. <laughs> Big, massive, kill more things than anything else in Africa. And by the way, to let you know they're mad at you, the last warning sign is they start pooping and flinging it with their tails everywhere, just flailing poop. And then they they eat you. And and you know what? We could even link that in the episode for this if y'all want to see that, because it's it's been documented in many Mm -hmm. zoos. Uh, Even though it's terrifying, it's also very, very funny. (laughs) I'm sorry. I've watched it. I've cracked up every time. I just have to think, like, how did that that trait evolve? Like, where did that start? And how is it effective? I mean, poop poop is a defense. Yeah, poop is a defense. I mean, I honestly, Joe, I'm happy we didn't evolve that trait because <laughs> I mean, I could think of better ways to intimidate someone. But hey, mm-hmm. you know what? To work for the hippo this long, clearly they got something <laughs> right. Um, yeah, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. <laughs> but well, and that's that's kind of the idea of the Leviathan is that it's it was actually used a lot within some of these religious texts as a a display of quote-unquote god's power and and leviathan is always talked about in an intimidating way but that god says yeah like like leviathan is you know it, it can it can kill the shit out of you but guess what i i can kill the leviathan so we need you to still be compliant to the rules of this religion right and so the leviathan is is used in some texts as a a cautionary tale i suppose for mm-hmm. just how powerful you know god is um one of the things about the Leviathan I always thought was terrifying was that in some of the texts, Leviathan is said to be 300 miles in length. Ooh. So just to give you guys a little bit of a description here, or at least a way to visualize this, the United States from coast to coast is 2,800 miles. Wisconsin is 311 miles in length. So Joe, if Leviathan decided to plop down in our state, yeah, dude, it'd be like having you know, like a six foot five person in a twin size bed that's feet are hanging off the end. That is what Leviathan would be like in our Ooh. state. And I mean, if you have to account for inflation from like the middle ages where this thing was written, Leviathan has to at least be from like us to Florida. Minimum. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm assuming as fast food became prevalent, we, we eat more carbs. <laughs> yeah. Leviathan yeah. would be a thick boy at this point. Huge I, I thick boy. That. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And also, I mean, him being the size of Wisconsin, what a Midwest comment to make. (laughs) Like, oh, gosh, dear. Hey, yeah, the whole darn state. (laughs) 
let's go throw some more fat in the fryer and enjoy ya. <laughs> how much you think he could put down there you know that, <laughs> hey and you know what one other thing i wanted to mention about the leviathan on joe uh, since we're talking about some of our fans here, we do have a listener out in Uganda that I, I don't know how they found the show, but I'm happy that they did. Yes. And if if Leviathan were to plop down in Uganda, it would take up, uh, well, I think 63% of the country Oof. in terms of how, how big that mother Oof. could be. That's rough. Yeah. Yeah. When you're left with 37% of your own country to inhabit after one person moves in. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, dude. That's that's why I, I as a kid, because I, you know, I was one of those, I was one of those children that found some of the really weird shit in the Bible, mm-hmm. and Leviathan was just always one of those things that just scared the hell out of me. Because um, I read one of these uh, stories about Leviathan, and the description that I have actually sat with for over thirty years mm-hmm. was this interpretation that's not really well documented on the internet, and it's that the Leviathan from what the descriptions we had uh, for the time period that I was reading this was that it's just darkness of which you can see endless amounts of teeth. Oof. Oof. Yeah. That's. And that, that's, that's what, that's what scared the shit out of me as a kid Mm -hmm. (laughs) was the idea that you're looking into the darkness and what's looking back at you is just serrated and thousands of teeth. Like that, that to me is scarier than a ghost. Oh yeah. Scarier to me than, than crippling college debt. You know, (laughs) (laughs) it's scarier to me than skinny jeans. Like the the idea of a Leviathan. Yeah. Oof. And as someone who's formerly worked at a Catholic school and has had to enforce dress code and then been told by girls, it's unfair that they can't wear leggings. I'm like, Hey, boys should, in my mind, shouldn't be wearing skinny jeans either. It's (laughs) kind of the same thing. But if I see a guy in skinny jeans, he's calling home. That's unacceptable. <laughs> he's calling home. We're talking about Leviathan with his parents yeah. later on because mm-hmm. we got to find a way to intimidate. Um, you know, one last parting note on Leviathan that I want to bring up, mm-hmm. though, is that even within Christianity and some of these other uh, religions, some claim that God created Leviathan uh, just because he was playing around with with some blueprints one day and went, Whoa, Whoa, oh, Whoa. Hey, whoops. Yeah. I did a little too much here. Yep. And Ooh. so in, in some, some religions, God kills off the female Leviathan and just keeps the male one as a plaything, uh, so that they don't overrun, you know, his, his creations. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, but other cultures think that it's actually a tool of the devil and that the devil created oh. Leviathan, uh, almost kind of like, uh, like you mentioned in Greek mythology, how, mm-hmm. Uh, Hades, you know, and, and uh, Zeus have you know, talked about the Kraken and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, once again, it's the same type of, of idea that you can uh, just relate to there. Yeah, so, you just get these different like these different worldviews with the same stories just kind of really feeding off of each other to make their to make their legends and their belief systems. Um, and speaking yeah. about weird shit in the Bible. Have you heard about angels, Mark? Uh, the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Well, there's them. They're there. Um, <laughs> but they are not one of the typically accepted nine orders of angels, uh, no. to my knowledge. Um, and, and that's where things get really weird because like growing up, but uh, like basically like I was talking to Catholic schools, like they're just angels and you just assume like, okay, 
it's dudes with wings and that's literally it they're humans with wings and it turns out that is like one order of angels just one like that's like i don't want to say like the bottom rung but that's like the ninth order and they're the ones that are basically assigned to us to like just watch over us to make sure we don't like you know do something really bad to ourselves like they're basically the equivalent of like what guardian angels are like that's their job they just kind of watch us and do things and in supernatural um we really get exposed to really two types of angels i let me take back like three types of angels they talk about uh to my knowledge in, in supernatural and they have like the the, the grunts like castiel and the, he's the equivalent of like a guardian angel um and then you have the archangels and you have the the cherubs the cherubs, I think, get like one episode, and he's like this weird, emotionally vulnerable fat guy. Yeah. Um, and they they kind of like play off he's like, na- oh, he's butt naked too. Yeah, butt way. naked the whole time. Yeah. And they played off like they're basically like where like the idea of like Cupid came from, uh, or Eros, the Greek, uh, the Greek like love god. Um, basically, you're like are the cherubs. They like make people fall in love with each other. And on top of that, that's not even what cherubs actually do. Um, so when you look into angels too, uh, one fun thing that was said in supernatural is they mention how like the angels have to possess people just like, um, like demons have to, um, and that's why people would see them as humans, but with like wings every once in a while, uh, because their real forms are completely different. I think Castiel says he's actually the size of the empire state building when he's in yeah, heaven. He- yeah. He says like 25 stories tall. Yeah. Yep. And then, uh, uh I think, uh, Zachariah, uh, says like he has like five heads and one of them's a lion um which that yeah. is the trait of a cherub cherubs have well, multiple traditionally, heads yeah tra- traditionally mm-hmm. cherubs have four faces yep. um and so yeah there's usually a, a face of a man mm-hmm. there's uh, a lion uh an eagle and then there's like a like a cow or i think mm-hmm. oxes i think is the, the oxen is what they usually say yeah yep. yeah absolutely and these are these are like the second highest uh of the orders of angels there's a seraphim or above them and the seraphim are basically just wings on wings on wings. There's wings everywhere. Literally, uh, when you see depictions of them in like any sort of like holy structure, it's literally one head surrounded by six wings. And the wings yeah. have eyes all over them. They're pretty creepy looking things. Um, but basically, all they do is they, they surround God and they sing praises to him. Basically, these are God's hype men. <laughs> They're hanging <laughs> yeah. around God saying, you're freaking awesome, man. You get out there and you do you. They got boom boxes, you know, they're all wearing high top sneakers, you know? Um, So, so the angels and yeah, in in the mythology you're talking about here. So there's actually three spheres, right? So Mm -hmm. you've got first, second and third sphere. You know, when they were, when they were naming these, they didn't get all that creative, you know, this wasn't like a a Patreon, you know, level of membership Mm -hmm. or anything. Um, But yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, Yeah. There's, there's different rankings of angels that we see in the, in the Mm -hmm. show for sure. Yeah, and in the show, like we get archangels too, and archangels are just above the um, uh, the regular angels when it comes to like traditional like ordering of things. And but granted, like even though they're just above that, like they have like really big jobs though. Like they're basically like world-ending stuff is what the archangels are in charge of, like keeping from happening, or in some cases, making sure those world-ending things do happen. Um, and the Bible only names one archangel, and that's Michael. All you get a few other ones that are kind of assumed through other, other I think p- books of the Bible just because they they come up and they happen to have a prominent role to do something, so therefore they just kind of say that they're an archangel. I think that's like 
almost like a religious thing. Like after years, like, oh, like this Asriel guy had a really big thing. And so did Jophiel and Gabriel, like they're really important. And then they just kind of were dubbed archangels as opposed to actually being, um, I guess, written as them. Well, there's only one other reference to an archangel, and it's and it's and it's, the reason why I think this happens, Joe, is because mm -hmm. within religious texts, you've got a lot of uh, translations. Yep. You've got folks that prefer or give credence to a specific translation that they believe is the correct one. And mm -hmm. so, the only other book um, that's often omitted is the Book of Tobit, which refers to Raphael, who's an archangel as well. Yep. Yeah, and and so it's. You could tell, though, in Supernatural, they're digging pretty deep into this. Like somebody clearly knew, like what they were looking for um, within these these levels of angels. And so, yeah, you're right. Like they did pick out certain ones who have like these really, you know, I'll just call them solid names, right? They're mm -hmm. <laughs> they're really solid, <laughs> uh, easy to remember names. Mm -hmm. And but yeah, yeah, like and and so they use angels in this this construct, and then they also mirror it with hell because um, they also do the same things with you know, like the, the grunts of hell, there's like yeah. the knights of hell mm -hmm. and the, the king of hell. And like, so um, I thought they did a really interesting like way of balancing this out without making you have to be, I guess, a, a student scholar. of religion. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> yep. uh, another photo I liked was, uh, was Metatron who comes in. I think he's, he, I think is he season six is when he comes in. He's literally at, he's like the one after like the, uh, the apocalypse, like, um, season. yeah, he's, He's definitely, yeah, he's, he's post-apocalypse. Um, yep. I, mm -hmm. I can't remember if it's season six or if it's like seven, but yeah, he's okay. definitely stirring shit though after yep. the apocalypse. Yeah, yeah. He comes in, uh, like in the book of Enoch mentions Metatron as an archangel and says he's Metatron is the highest of all angels, uh, which is kind of interesting where he is now higher than Michael. He's even higher than the Seraphim who were the theory again, they, those are the hype men. Um, but it also says he is canically not accepted as an archangel so this is basically like saying we recognize you as a jedi however not we don't grant you the title of master <laughs> yes. sort of thing and in the show metatron was like basically what disgraced from heaven after god um disappears so it's kind of fun that they weave that and there's the whole like he's not canically accepted and that's actually in within like the hierarchy of heaven too is so he got literally like kicked out and uh what do i say uh excommunicated by the angels themselves yeah yeah, like it's isn't it interesting how the creators of Supernatural managed to create like a high school out of <laughs> out of heaven? <laughs> they and, really did. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and you've got all these squabbling, you know, levels of angels. And <laughs> mm -hmm. I, I, yeah, I thought they did a really. And once again, it's also mirrored in hell. Like you've got the same yep. squabbling going on in hell for different mm -hmm. reasons. And so, yeah, I thought that was uh, right. a really creative way to like mm -hmm. show how these these you know spiritual levels of attainment are are handled yeah, exactly although I, I have to imagine though that like when they were when they were writing and penning out the uh the season where they actually go to heaven and they're like you're seeing like the inner network of heaven not just like the parts where like people with their souls end up um because you find out uh in heaven where the way god had designed it was that when you die you go to your like favorite memory of when you were alive and you're just in that memory forever. And that's your, that's your personal, like heaven's basically personalized. And yeah, when you, uh, there's an episode where you first get to go to heaven, where, you, where, where Sam and Dean go to heaven and they're in that, that memory. But then there's like other episodes where like, okay, well, what does heaven look like in between where the souls are? And that's where the angels are doing the inner working. 
I have to imagine that when they were writing that episode, there was one dude in the meeting who was like, wait, didn't we say the angels were like massive and also scary and terrifying looking? Like some of them are literally wheels made out of eyes. <laughs> They're like, yeah, yeah, we said that. Okay, how are we going to pull that off? I've got an idea. We're not going to fucking do that. We're yes. just going to have people do it and call it a day. <laughs> yep. And they'll, and they'll just basically be in like these Apple stores. Uh, mm-hmm. that, that's what it'll basically look like. Walking into the Apple store, that's what, that's what heaven's basically like for the uh, administrative side. Of, brilliant of angels <laughs> done signed let's move forward well tell you what I, I think it's as good a time as any to uh to, you know to probably move on and mm-hmm. and uh, hope that folks enjoy the the main episode of this week is going to be covering the 15 seasons of supernatural um i'm actually happy that we returned to our our side stitch you know it was i don't know it wasn't like i was crying over it but you know it felt yeah. a little weird it felt yeah. a little weird a little weird but um, it wasn't there like but, uh, yeah. basically like a nice little little tuck in for the night. That's what side stitches are. It's like, oh, one little one nice little extra thing there. And it was gone last week. I, I prefer the untucked personally, though. No, I'm talking. Yeah, I don't want like like definitely. I don't like the the tucked in at the end of the bed because like your feet are just trapped. Yeah, like you, there's it. no room there. They can't there's breathe. No, there's no air going in or out. I mean, it's Mm-mm. just it's just uncomfortable. No, not yeah. a fan of the tuck. No. Mm-mm. It can like, like looking into a, a darkness just full of serrated teeth. Yeah, it's it's terrifying. Okay, maybe the side stitch is more like the chocolate on like the pillow after room service has like made its way through. And this this week we last week we just didn't get the chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll see you next week, Roy. Yeah, Roy. Thank you. And if you know what, if you want to be mentioned in a future show, just be like Roy. You know what? Like, comment, subscribe, do all those fun things, and we look forward to talking to you guys next week.